Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Olson, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, live here at Spa Truve on a Friday here in Orem, 295 East University Parkway. I've got free food for you. A good friend Angie said nobody would come by and eat our food. Well, guess what? We got people coming by eating the sandwiches. It is. It's nice, but we are still loaded with sandwiches. Yeah. We still have plenty, don't we have, Sean? Uh, here's the problem yeah, is plenty. that the sandwiches that are not eaten by our listeners, you and I take home and then we get gluttonous and yeah. then we make bad life choices and we feel bad about ourselves and are miserable all weekend. Then we so. need more Brotox. And then we need more Brotox. So yep. come help us out. Uh, come grab some sandwiches. You're saving us from ourselves. We got the fixins, the mayos, the mustards. We've got cookies. So save yourself some money. Don't go buy lunch. I know that you're thinking about swinging into a Maverick here in Orm right now. Don't do that. Come swing in here. We yeah. also got waters. You can grab a water and take that home with you. I even got uh, we we even got the candy dish out too, so you can grab the Snickers and the Twix. We're, we're all about, about bribing you. We're about to talk to Dallin Hall. We'll have Dallin come down. He'll grab some free sandwiches if nobody else will. Yeah. Well, that dude deserves all the sandwiches. I can tell you right now, if, when I was playing at BYU, if I was on with you and you're like, "Hey, Hans, come up here and grab some," I would I would have been up here, and I'd have brought about twenty friends. Well, no, you would have come by yourself and left with the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't because we got about twenty sandwiches in here, so yeah. we're loaded. You so would treat it like a tray of hot dogs. I would. I would the whole t- thing. Th- no, I'm just saying. When you're in college and I somebody know, offered we, you a hot dog, you're like, I don't want one. I want. We talked about dogs. not talking about what happened. It was a long time ago, yeah. like the late '90s. It's fine. All right, Hans and Scotty joining us now from that BYU basketball team, fresh off a huge victory against Kansas in Lawrence. No big deal. Dallin Hall, kind enough to hang out with us. Dallin, how you doing, man? Hey, Dallin. Doing good. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Dude, we're fired up to chat with you. Uh, does the food taste a little bit better? Classes a little bit easier? Life just a little bit better after you after you pick up a win like that? <laughs> well, the sun's a little bit brighter, so that's nice to come home to. Um, but no, yeah, everything. It's a good victory for us, obviously. Um, but we see it as a stepping point, you know, not the finish line. And so we're excited to get back to work. Is that the craziest thing you've been a part of in your basketball playing life? Um, yeah, that atmosphere was a very surreal feeling playing against that team. There's just a ton of history in Kansas and, um, that, that team and that program that they've built there. And so it was a really surreal feeling. It was fun. So let's go through that game itself because, you know, you get down and it feels like Kansas is going to do what Kansas do, does to most teams in that arena, and that's uh, start to pull away. And then you start reeling them back in. Now, I'm sure the entire game you always felt like you were going to win that game, but 
Was there a moment where you felt like their confidence was slipping? You're like, hey, they know we're here. They know we're not going away. And uh, and 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 they've got a problem on their hands with our squad. Yeah, I think uh, from the jump, our physicality was greater than theirs. Um, and that kind of set the tone. And then as far as when I feel like they really noticed things were getting out of hand is when we had two or three dudes, myself included, in some serious foul trouble. Um, but other dudes were just stepping up and um, kind of closing that lead, guys like Jackson and, and Foose and, a, and just a bunch of other dudes out there who were carrying the team for us. And I think that had them pretty nervous. Down from your perspective, what is clicking so much more this year that didn't click last year? Why did things look more fluid? Why did things look uh, more precise? Um, why did things look so much better this year than they did last year? Um, I think that's a, a loaded question. I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. Um, one of the big things is, you know, we're a year older. We have a year of experience under our belt as a team, right? Not just myself, but playing together. That's huge. We understand um, a little bit more of each other's tendencies and our each other's games. And so we have great feel for one another. And we also have great trust in one another. You know, we had the opportunity to go on a foreign tour this summer and really strengthen our relationship as a team with the staff and so it's a really tight-knit group that we have um, I call it a family and that's what it feels like and so I think that's a huge part of the success is just the um, unity that we have and the trust in one another mm -hmm. so there was and, and you know look I I, I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and chat with you often but you do seem like a guy that grew up in a very competitive home. Uh, you look like you're one of the most competitive sons of guns out there. And so when you spend all off season and everybody's talking about like, oh, BYU is going to the Big 12. Oh, it's the hardest basketball conference in the country. Oh, they're going to be lucky to get three wins in conference play. Uh, you're picked to finish near the bottom of the conference. I know you guys try to block out all that stuff, but was there a certain moment where you're like, hey, you know what? We know we're pretty good. We're going to be just fine. Did that add a little chip on your shoulder going into this season? Oh, for sure. 100%. Like, I can't tell you how many times people would, like, ask us, so how do you feel about the Big 12? Like, that was the number one asked question. And we tell them, you know, we feel good. We feel like we uh, got the pieces we need. We're putting in the work. And then we kind of get this side look in their eyes like they didn't <laughs> believe us and our confidence, right? But it was just motivation, fuel to the fire. Um, and then during the season, like from the very jump, you know, we just uh, we played the right brand of basketball from the start. And we built on each game, and our confidence got better and better. And I feel like by the time the Big 12 rolled around, still some people were skeptical. But we, uh, we started the season confident in our ability, and it, it's never really faltered. Don, what has Ali Khalifa brought to the locker room and, and to the court? Start with what he's brought to the locker room and then talk about what he's brought to the court that's increased uh, play for you guys this year. Yeah, AK is a special player. Um, he, he brings a lot to our locker room and the fact that 
he just loves to have fun, man. He's a great personality. He's all about the team. And it's rare that you find guys that find, like, so much joy in creating for their teammates. And so that's kind of more of an on-the-court thing. But off the floor, he just loves to joke around. He's a great presence. Um, he really cares for each of his teammates. And so he's super special in that way. And then on the court, dude is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he's got the nickname the Egyptian Magician. He's crazy. The passes he makes, the IQ he has. Um, it's it's obvious to see on both ends of the floor. And so um, he's just a really special talent. And he's been huge for us this year. I want to go back and talk about that that shot that uh, you'll probably be telling your grandkids about someday. Uh, you know, you have an opportunity to put Kansas away. Uh, you line up that three, you knock it down, and you probably – well, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I want to get your your vibe of what it felt like when you deflated that entire arena, one of the more iconic places in all of college basketball. When you see that thing go down, number one – were you planning on taking that shot all along? When it left your hand, did you know it was going down? And then number three, what was it like? What did it feel like in that arena when that place all of a sudden was like, oh, crap, we're going to lose this game? <laughs> um, it was a really good feeling. I think uh, we had been getting that switch. That's kind of how they guarded us that game with Dickinson switching out. And so I was super excited for that matchup. I didn't know I would necessarily shoot it off the rip. I thought I might try and get downhill and take what the defense gives. But then he switched off and he kind of played back. And so that, the step back is kind of a move that I've worked on a lot, um, especially this off season. And with the space he gave me, I just decided, you know, that was the right play. And as soon as it left my hand, yeah, it felt really good. Um, and... You know, guys, it's this whole year, it's been a different guy that's stepped up every game, which has been super fun. And so this game just happened to be my turn to shoot that shot. And, you know, we, as a team, we just believe in, in shooting it with confidence and living with the results. And so that's kind of was my approach at the end of that game. So the arena goes quiet, but could you hear the BYU fans? They were packed in <laughs> Yeah, they started the BYU chant, man. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> Kansas fans were stunned. They were standing up to go home. They were booing the BYU fans. <laughs> it was a pretty uh, amazing, amazing thing. And they were loud, man. Let me tell you, those BYU fans, they were proud and loud in that moment. In that moment? Could you hear them through the, the beginning parts of the game or through the, the early parts? You could hear them, yes. When we go on runs, um I don't know what it is, but the noise in that gym is just magnified like everything. And so uh, they were definitely um, helping us in that game. And BYU Nation, I mean, Cougar Nation shows out everywhere. So it's really fun to be a part of this program. So, and again, look, you know, your situation was what it was over the last 10 years at BYU. But I got to imagine from your perspective as a player to go from maybe hitting a shot like that and no disrespect to Pepperdine or Pacific or LMU, but hitting a shot like that in one of those gymnasiums and yet, and then the next year doing it in Kansas, what's that transition been like for you guys? You know, because I got to imagine as a competitor, it's been probably a lot of fun to be like, Oh wow. Instead of playing it, you know, on a court that's got volleyball lines on it, 
and 800 people in the stands. Uh, we're playing in front of 16,000 people that want, you know, that are uh, screaming all kinds of obscenities at us. I mean, how's that been like for your team? Yeah, it's uh, you're exactly right. It's been a big shift. Um, I think it's it's funny because me and Coach, we actually were talking about this when we were at our shoot-around at Kansas. He was just like, when you got recruited, you signed up to play in the WCC. You had no idea any of this was coming. And it's true. I mean, that was a while ago, but <laughs> I had no idea that I would be playing in that environment, in this league, the best league in the world, um, in college basketball. And so – it's been really just a blessing, and as a competitor, like you said, it's a dream come true because as a competitor, you want to beat the best, you want to play against the best, and we get that opportunity every night in, front, in some of the best environments in college basketball. And so we're just really trying to live in the moment, enjoy it, and uh, put, for, put forth our best foot every night. Hey, Dallin, you served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, didn't you? I did, yep. Uh, first, really quick, where did you serve? I served in Fresno, California. Okay, Fresno, California. I was just there. I, I call the games for Utah State, and so uh, they just played Fresno State down there. And Scotty loves the food in Fresno. Actually, it's not bad. <laughs> there, there's some no, there's yeah. some good there's some good food joints. You ever get the uh, the uh, the Doghouse Grill? You ever get the tri tip down there? That was a lucky day when we got to go there. Yeah, they <laughs> I keep telling hands. <laughs> It's it's one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Uh, get out there, hands. Uh, I am. I'm gonna make my way out there. I, at some point, I, I call the uh, the games for the BYU football team. So, Greg and I'll get out there for that. I'm sure at some point. But well, I guess I, I you're not going to Fresno. I, I guess I don't hope BYU <laughs> no. plays Fresno. I played against Fresno. That's a miserable place to play. So I wouldn't want to <laughs> wish that on the BYU football team. But um, I just want to have a kind of a little bit of a conversation about being an athlete and leaving on a two-year mission and coming back and what your body is and, and your mind is. When you came back, was it frustrating? Was it hard? Like, did you feel like you'd lost a step? Did you worry that you'd maybe lost it forever? Have you regained everything that you had? Kind of walk me through the mindset and what your body's like pre- and post-mission. Yeah, uh, it was a process. It, uh, it probably took me a full year of being back to feel like myself before, um, which I didn't understand or think. Like I thought about after six months of being home, I'm like, I'm back. But then each game, each week, I'd get a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. And and so it was a process for sure. I remember coming home from the mission. Um, you get to play basketball a little bit in Fresno, obviously. And so I thought I'd be all right. And then we were doing a closeout drill and like my feet wouldn't do it to one side of the court. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and so it was a process. Uh, and it, it was um, frustrating at times, but there were things on the mission that I learned that really helped me in that process and also put me at a higher level, maybe as a leader and in my ability to um, be consistent and diligent in my work that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. And so there's pros and there's cons, but ultimately like I wouldn't trade my mission for anything. And um, now I feel like I'm up to speed and just getting better as the time goes by. All right. We always like to get to know you a little bit as a person as well when we have these conversations. So uh, 
where do you credit your athleticism from? Both mom and dad, a particular parent? Because a lot of times it comes from mom more than it does dad. Where do you, uh, where, where do you feel like uh, your level of ability comes from? <laughs> um, it's probably a, a good split. My mom would like to take all the credit. She was a high jumper in college, um, a track athlete for Weber State, so she was legit. Um, and she that's where she says my jumping ability comes from. <laughs> but my dad, he played basketball at Salt Lake Community College. Um, he was a big-time player. And so, I mean, I would go 50-50. Um, that's probably how I'd say where it comes from. Pretty competitive house. I mean, was even like board game night, would that get crazy? Is that is that how you were raised? <laughs> yeah, the the board game was always getting tossed off the table or – uh, we usually couldn't finish games. I got a little brother who's playing football at Weber State right now. Uh, he's a big-time athlete, and then my older siblings are competitive in, as well. So, yeah, just like you described it, that's how the vibe is at the Hall home. Dallin, do you have uh, some NIL deals? Do you, do you have different companies that you rep? Are you Have you been able to capitalize on this boom of success and what you're doing this year? Um, I have tried to not get too caught up in, in all the NIL stuff, especially during the season. Um, I have a couple of deals, but ultimately, like, I'm just trying to stay present and focused during the season and let those things take care of themselves afterward. Yeah, see, I, I always wondered how that worked because I, I always felt like when I was in season, I was so busy with school and with football and with all the responsibilities that I had. I, I, I can't imagine trying to get out there and market myself, especially during the season. Right, yeah, just like you said, especially with what we're trying to accomplish here as a as a team and a program, we're just trying to stay present and let those things handle themselves after the season. What degree, what degree are you working towards? Right now I'm uh, pre-business hoping to get into the strategy program. Nice, very cool. Well, you know, here's the thing that I think is really fascinating is that uh, – you know, you win a game like that against Kansas, and you want to celebrate, you want to enjoy it, and you should. But then all of a sudden you realize, well, we still have a few games left. We still have a conference tournament. We still have NCAA tournament. Like, how hard is it as still a – Still have a road game as, against Iowa State. Exactly. As a player and as a as a competitor to say that was fun, that was nice, but that's not the end-all, be-all of our season. You still have a lot of goals. Does that just take a lot of leadership? Where, where, how do you handle that inside the locker room to make sure that that isn't the pinnacle of your season? Yeah, I think uh, with all the noise, it can be a challenge, um, the praise. But, you know, if you reflect back to the start of the season when everyone counted us out and we counted ourselves in, now everyone's starting to count us in. Like, we're just staying consistent with um, – who's in this inner circle and trusting in one another. And we had goals that were bigger than just, obviously that was a huge game for the program and and for BYU basketball, but we have even bigger goals than that for this year. And so we're just staying present, um, taking it one game at a time. And that's kind of the process is just TCU's um, tomorrow. And then we'll move on to the next game after that and let the results take care of themselves. Your coach would be very proud of you with that answer. That was a very good coach speak right Good there. job, Dallin. Uh, that was the right way to answer that. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park, bud. Yep, good stuff, man. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, Dallin, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again here real soon. Keep kicking butt, Dallin.
Yes, sir. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. We appreciate you. You got it. Dallin Hall right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. You can look at Dallin's numbers across the board from shooting percentage to rebounds to points year one to year two. You could almost call him Mr. Two because he's added two to pretty much everything. Yeah. Two percent better from the field, two points better a game, two rebounds better a game, two assists better a game. Just across the board, he is about two. And to see his growth, that's why I asked him about the mission, see his growth year one from the mission to now year two. He's special, and he's a motor. He's a hustler. Well, I'll tell you what. We need you to come on down. We got a few more of these sandwiches left. They're going quick, but uh, you can come by, grab a bite to eat, and we'll give you the cookies. We'll give you the sandwiches. We'll give you uh, whatever you need get you squared away. You may even be walking out of here with a bro talk session as Lexi has been kind enough here at Spa Trouvet to hook up one of our lucky listeners. They're giving away one of these sessions. All you have to do is put your name in the hopper for a chance to win. And uh, Lexi, uh, some guy can get their ugly mug cleaned up pretty quick. Ugly mug. I wouldn't call it that. Uh, <laughs> That's a little harsh. Some of our listeners, maybe. But. No, but, uh, yeah, you can win a free uh, treatment of Brotox there. Clean up those wrinkles. Uh, we've had a lot of listeners come through and grab sandwich. Not a ton are entered in, so you've got a really good chance. If you're interested <laughs> in a session of, of Brotox, yep. you've got a good chance of winning. All you got to do is come down, enter to win. Uh, you can just grab the sandwich if you're, if you're not interested in it. Um, you can grab the sandwich and check it out. You could grab a gift card for your wife. There are some great discounts. You could check into what the procedures are for you. You can do all those things, but we've got food and all kinds of things. Come down and see it. I want you to talk about a few of the other procedures that you guys offer here at Spa Trevet. Sure, yeah. Um, a big one we do is um, hair restoration treatments as well as laser hair removal treatments. Um, hair restoration treatments being for like receding hairline and stuff, helping regrow back hair, and then hair removal Men can do it on the chest, the back. So essentially, get the hair where you want it and get it rid of it where you don't want it. You hit the nail on the head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause, Cause, get it away from that, that yeah. chest area. So if you're Chewbacca, throw it on the head come area. on down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. If, if your wife's complaining about the chest hair, then yeah, you can come get it removed. Yeah. Do, do you see quite a few men that come through the spa? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say the majority of it is female as of right now, but we do see quite a few men. Absolutely. What, what is their most... I, I guess their greatest point of interest. Is it the hair removal? Is it the hair procedure? What is it? It's laser hair removal for that sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that I, it always interests me. I, I love to come into the spa because I, I like to pamper myself, but I just love seeing my wife come in and be happy and get what she wants. Absolutely. I mean, it makes a big difference. You know, as a guy that's married to a girl that needs some free time, she needs some her time. That's a great thing to do. Just come in and, and get yourself a gift card yeah. and give it over to your significant other. I do want to point out spatrevet.com. You go to spatrevet.com and they can find all of those procedures, right? Yep, every single one. You can yeah. book online. And, you know, the other, you bring up a really good point, too, because, you know, my wife, she's uh, there's a location in Bountiful. She's at that one right now, and she, she was telling me, she's like, yeah, you know, I went in there. Entered in all the info, had the appointment, walked in, boom. It was easy. 
you guys have really simplified the process to make sure you're in and out of here quickly. You have a great experience. And whether you're man, woman, uh, you can get uh, you get yourself on a pretty good path pretty quick. Uh, there's so many great opportunities, so many great things to choose from. It's amazing what you guys have down here at Spa Trouve. We've got the sandwiches. we got the drinks. we got the cookies. Uh, come on by, grab a bite to eat. And we had a, a couple of listeners come in. We said, hey, you know, put your name in the thing for Botox. And they're like, uh, I'm just here for the sandwich. And we're like, okay, look, even if you don't want the Botox, let me just say, if somebody wins it, can they hand it over to their wife and she gets the Botox? Is that okay? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, we wife want... Wife can win it. Happy we, wife, happy life. Exactly. We want you as a dude to get the Botox. But for whatever reason, if the needles are scaring you, don't be a little baby about it. But if for whatever reason you think you're too manly to get Botox, fine. Give it to your give wife. Give it to your wife. Either mm-hmm. way, we just want somebody walking away with this thing. It's a great gift. That's Spot Trevay and Orem. Come see us. Grab the food. Enter to win the Botox. And, and come say hi to us. 295 East University Parkway in Orem. Again, 295 East University Parkway. Free food, free cookies, free candy, and a chance for you to win some Botox as well for either you or the missus right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You need to see this jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy. Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. It is your good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, tell you what, some of the good is we're handing out sandwiches here at uh, Spa Trouvé. Come on by, grab yourself a bite to eat. We've got the cookies, we've got the candy. Uh, we can give you a little bottle of water, too. And you get a chance to walk out of here with some free Botox. Yeah, we, this is a Hanson Scotty show first, giving away a free Botox session courtesy of Spa Treve. They've decided to give it away. So all you got to do is come in and enter your name. And I'm going to tell you, we've probably had, uh, what, maybe 18, 20 listeners come by today, Scotty? Yeah, somewhere they've, on they've there. They've got yeah. their sandwiches. Uh, we've only got a couple that have actually entered. For the for the Brotox. So come in, get your sandwich, grab yourself a cookie, grab a water. Uh, look, lunch on lunch on us, but then we're giving away the Brotox session. You just got to enter to win. So all you have to do is come on by. We are live again in Orm. There's a lot of these great locations up and down the Wasatch Front, but uh, the one we're at and the one we're giving away the uh, Botox at is here in Orem, 295 East University Parkway. That's 295 East University Parkway. All right, let's get to the good hands. Uh, Joel Embiid, obviously dealing with the injury, met with the media for the first time since suffering that knee injury, says that he hopes and plans on returning sometime before the season's over. He said, everything has to be right as far as getting healthy and getting where I need to be, but that's the plan. I want to get out there and was asked, well, what if, uh, you know, the, your your team record-wise isn't where they need to be? Will that have any impact whatsoever? He goes, I just want to be with my guys. I just want to help our team win. I don't care what our record is when Jeez. I come back. I just plan on coming back and helping out however I can. The, the, the more I hear from that guy, the more I like him. Dude's a worker. 
and he is a gamer. But Philly is in a nosedive without him. Philly has just started into a nosedive without him. Yeah. Um, right now they're thirty-three and twenty-five. They're on a two. They're on a two-game losing streak. But when he was on the court, probably the second best team in the East. Yep. Conversation for being the first team in the East. Yep. So, I think that uh, you would be hard pressed to like. He just. He seems like. He seems like he just has a certain level of toughness more than a lot of other guys in the NBA. Joel. And and I I don't know. Like, I, I respect that dude a little bit more than I do a lot of the other guys around the league. But let's see if he backs it up. Because I think saying it is one thing. What did they say the timeline it. was? Uh, they did not. Uh, let's see. Uh, February 6th is when they announced that they were shutting him down for – uh, an extended amount of time, and that they did not put a return date on it. Hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. What do you think? You think he comes back? Well, I think you're dealing with meniscus, and I think those are painful, and I think in the future he's going to probably deal with arthritis because this is his, I think, third such injury. And he's looking at potentially shortening his career if he doesn't get the procedure done right and take the time to rehab it? I don't know. I wish I knew the severity of the damage to the meniscus because that's just something you've got to be really careful and patient with. Because if it splits or tears or frays again, then you're you're just right back in it. Yep, yep. All right, Hans and Scotty, there's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. So Caleb Williams... USC quarterback regarded potentially as the number one overall draft pick in the 2024 NFL draft. He is attending the combine, but he is not going to go through any of the medical procedures. And what I was reading is that this is the first such situation of its kind. I guess nobody turns down the medical procedures, the medical checks. Yeah. Why would you do that if you're not trying to hide something? Well, he said because he doesn't want to waste his time. He said it's redundant because I'll do it here, and then the teams that I go out that are are potentially drafting me, I've got to do it there. So essentially, Scotty, what he said was, (laughs) well, in fact, I'll read you the quote. He said, for the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff, just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. You know, not 32 teams can draft me. There's only really one for me. So the teams that I go to for my visits, those teams will have the medicals. And that's going to be it. Hmm. So he is slotting himself as the number one overall pick, and he is thinking to himself, I'll let them clear me medically, and I don't need really anybody else to say I'm okay to go. But to your point, Anytime you deny medical clearance through the combine, you're basically saying I'm not medically cleared. Yeah, yeah. And I look, there's there's only going to be maybe two or three of those guys every year that has the leverage, and sometimes there's only one guy that has that leverage. Um, Caleb apparently thinks like he has that leverage. Um, I just think I'm just trying to crawl inside the brain of the Chicago Bear GM and think, do I want to draft this guy 
and trade Justin Fields, or do I want to keep Justin Fields and draft, you know, at another position that would work for me? Hmm. I'm not drafting this guy, but that's that's just my opinion. We've just seen too much, Scotty, going back a couple of years ago. <laughs> I would keep Justin he, Fields. He is a high-maintenance guy. Yeah. Caleb Williams is going to be high-maintenance. So if, if you want to deal with high-maintenance, maybe he gives you high-performance. He does have a particular care factor that I love. People got after him for crying in his mom's arms when they lost a big game and he jumped up in the stands and she covered his head with a big piece of cardboard and and he cried and they, they were making fun of it. It does show to me that he's got a high care factor, as long as he's not faking it. But you could tell it means something to him. Yeah. I just uh, – I'm really having a hard time trying to figure out what I would do there. I, because the ceiling looks like it's through the – I mean, it, like the – it's just incredible what this – the physical skill set he has. So this is my prediction for him. And by the way, I hope the best for him. I really do. I do, too. I, I hope he has a wonderful career because you just want good things for people. But from what I've seen and what I would expect or, or think would happen for Caleb Williams, we'll see flashes of greatness. We'll see moments of, you know, big play, big throws, big moments. But eventually the physicality and the demand – and the weight of the league will bear down on him, and he will not hit the eventual peak that you would think. Yeah. Now, he could come in and prove me totally wrong, but I just have watched him be so high-maintenance that at some point the high-maintenance stops. Yeah. And you've got to play football, and you've got to take hits, and you've got you to be gritty. Yeah. I just go back to, and again, this isn't fair. I shouldn't even bring it up on the air, but it just, for some reason, it has just stuck with me. And I was not a Pac-12 media day last year, but two years ago, when you and I are sitting down and he comes in with a suit that costs more than our vehicles combined, and he's got a handler and a PR person on each side of him, and he's giving these vanilla answers and looking over at the PR person and she's like giving a nod like good answer good answer Caleb and it's just like what 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 is this what is it? you're a sophomore in college like well, well, yeah and you remember some of his comments at th- this year's Pac-12 or last football season's Pac-12 media day he's it was the same he had the same handlers and it was just very arrogant which which fine man I get it you got to have ego you got to have some arrogance. I, it wasn't – to me, the ego – like, we've talked to a lot of players that had ego. To me, the thing that really stuck out to me is it was all just such – it had this Carlos Boozer kind of prepackaged plastic feel to it. Yeah. And it's just like it was all designed and scripted and presented and just, and just pasteurized and just like, here, this is not Caleb Williams the player and the football player, but Caleb Williams – the media marketing entity and it's like if you're thinking that that right now what's that going to be like when you have the number one overall pick and you're being paid tens of millions of dollars well yeah when you have 45 million dollars sitting in an account yeah how how do you do you keep on the grind or do you say oh well it just seems like an athlete that that's going to fizzle out to me yeah I, he could prove me wrong, and I really do hope he proves I, me I wrong. I do too. I, have I no do too. No problem with it, but and and maybe it's bad to draw those those kinds of conclusions. But 
I've just seen a lot of guys like him, and it doesn't work out. So, But he's probably going to be the number one overall pick because he's built himself into that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, there's your bad. Let's get to the ugly. And, of course, the ugly. Well, the, uh, the video of this has been shut down, so I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't even know if I want to find it, but Cristiano Ronaldo has been suspended for a match for making offensive gestures during a Saudi Arabian league game while he was playing for Al Nassar in the Saudi Pro League. I don't know exactly what he did. I don't know how bad it is. The The descriptor on this was it was a it was a sexually offensive gesture that he did. He claims that it is a traditional celebration and that he wasn't focusing it at any fan base or anybody in particular, that it was just kind of a celebration move. But what but what it was was a pretty ugly gesture that he's going to be serving a full game suspension for. So, not good. Bob. <laughs> but how does the video of this not get released? I, I just – Have you seen this anywhere? I have not seen the video. I tried to find the video. Uh, and there are certain guys that have a certain amount of power that can just make things go away somehow. And Ronaldo's apparently that guy. He's going to have to pay a $5,300 fine to Oh, that, oh that's going to hurt. It's going to be covering the, the, uh, the cost of the club that's filing the complaint. If it was and, that bad, I would think you'd be able to find it. Like, have you, you seen it? it, Lloyd? I haven't seen it. I just There's know. I just know the Portuguese typically don't lie. <laughs> if you the Portuguese, if you spend this enough in Saudi Arabia, I know you spend Cristiano enough, Ronaldo's Portuguese. Oh, 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 if you spend enough money and you have a marketing firm and and you have enough people, they can make a lot of things disappear. Wait, I mean, like, go back. Remember uh, when Zach Wilson on that golf thing made a couple of jokes that. Oh, yeah. Go try to find that. Yeah, I'm serious. Go it. try to find it. Like, and again, like, I'm not. It was a rough video. I'm I not, saw it. I'm not burying Zach. I know. We saw it. It came out immediately, and it was out there, and then all of a sudden, it just went away. Very immature. And again, it's immature. Like, we, I, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not ripping Zach for it. But like, things go away. When we're 20, 21, 22 years old, you say things to try to get a laugh out of people, and you're going to miss. Like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form holding that against him. If people knew some of the jokes I was saying at that age, they'd be horrified, too. Like, it is what it is. But he has the – he had somehow, some way, whether it was the Jets or him or his agent or whatever, that thing is gone from the Internet. Absolutely gone. All right. Hans and Scotty coming up next. Another edition of Whole World News. It's all straight ahead right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. RSL head coach Pablo Mastroni. For you, as you have messages to deliver to the team, is it more effective to use profanity to the team in English or Spanish? The Spanish guys say I use a lot of profanity. Spanish was my first language. We moved to the States when I was four. I grew up in a family of butchers, and we owned a butcher shop in Argentina, and it was all the guys working in the butcher shop. So I learned all the bad words, and I would always say it. The guys would laugh, and all the women in the family would always 
be like, this Blush. is ridiculous. It's so funny because I rarely use profanity in English. And, and the only <laughs> time I ever use it is to really make a point of right. emphasis. But in Spanish, apparently, I use it all the time without oh, even dude. knowing because oh. that's the way I was raised. <laughs> <laughs> I bleep and love it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. <laughs> you got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. You got you and me. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is time for another edition of Whole World News. Hands where we span the globe to at least find something that interests us. Well, wow, this one interested me because of how extreme the individual went in this situation. Yeah. So this hardcore band, it's named La Lorna, and it's heavy metal. I wouldn't listen to it. I don't mind it. It's, it's not bad. Their lead singer, I think, is probably the best piece of it. His name's Diego. Yeah. They just booted him out of the band. Oh, man. They kicked him out of the band? Yeah. So apparently the singer, Diego, was obsessed with the bassist. His name is Six. He was obsessed with Six's fiance. Oh, boy, a little love triangle. So That'll end a band in a hurry. So Diego came up with a very unorthodox way of trying to, what, cut in on that relationship so he could then have a relationship with the fiance. So the band released this because they they fired Diego and then they released this statement. We have decided to part ways with our vocalist Diego due to his admission of a very disturbing and concerning behavior towards one of our other band members and their partner. He has admitted to being obsessed with said partner and has been attempting to sabotage their relationship by cutting pre-workout he frequently gifts from his job with high amounts of estrogen. Hey, what? <laughs> he's been putting estrogen in the pre-workout that he's been giving to the bases. Oh, wow. He, he has been attempting to force a transition onto him for the last five months in hopes that it would give him the opportunity to swoop in once he looked stronger and more manly in comparison to the bases. Where are these guys from again? Uh, th- from here. Oh, that's an American band? Yeah. Oh, okay. This tampering has caused confusion and thousands of dollars in medical bills the past two months trying to figure out what was going on with Six. We would not know any of this unless Diego hadn't gotten way too intoxicated and outed himself and then stated an admission to all of this via text during this intoxication. There are many more disgusting details that have been have been left out for the sake of privacy and general censorship. Diego was giving this guy protein and pre-workout and was putting estrogen in it in an attempt to make him 
more feminine so that he could then come in and look strong for the fiance. Like, I can understand to an extent, like what he was. No, no, oh. no, 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 no. Let's not be condoning this. <laughs> Jeez. They need to was do it? a re release of Jesse's Girl, though. I mean. <laughs> Could you imagine? Wasn't there a time for a little bit there for a little bit where Ajay was trying to uh, sabotage you so he could take over the play by play? Oh, it's ongoing. Okay, it is ongoing. I just wanted to make <laughs> no, sure. No, no, like. Okay, that's what I thought. Ajay, I thought it was still Here's the thing. thing. Ajay will bring to a game, and, and it's actually been a little source of contention on my part because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make some better life choices. But he will bring so much snacks and food to football games, so much so that we can't keep Alema and Dave Fox and, and Frank Dolce out of our booth. And that led to a, another issue we had to deal with, you know, because those guys, if you free food, those three are going to just raid the heck out of it. Yeah. So we're trying to do our broadcast and, and we have all these people coming in because we know they know that Ajay's brought in all this food and they want to eat all of our food. And I'm like, I'm not eating it. So just get rid of it. And Ajay's like, well, people expect it. I'm like, no. And so, but so there's that reason I don't touch it. And then the other reason I'm fairly certain he's trying to poison me. So that so that either I get really sick or I'm no longer on the planet, and then he can just swoop in and take the job. So yes, Lloyd, I think the process is ongoing here. Well, just keep having Frank Ajay, Dolce. That, yeah, that on-off button. Let's turn that off. <laughs> just keep having Frank Frank Dolce eat a couple of pieces before you eat anything. Yeah, like hey Frank, I'm going to need you to eat that peanut butter cup. Oh, you're still alive? Okay, I think we're good now. Is this one of the crazier? Oh, that's that's that that is that's that insane. Ever... Yeah. So they fired the lead singer of the band. It is. I mean, it's a hardcore band. It's actually pretty good, though. I liked it. I listened to some of it this morning when I was going through this story. La Lorna. What was the name yeah. of the band? Yeah. It's a hardcore band, as in like rock, like hardcore, La... like Metallica. La Lorona. Or L. I guess it's La now, huh? Uh. You know the male, female, law, L. La. <laughs> Is it, that's what they're going by now? Yeah. I guess La Llorona. Go listen to some la, of the music. La, 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 you, you're just not going to get the lead singer, Diego, anymore. Well, sorry, Diego. You're done now. All right. Lexi's hanging out with us. We are live here at Spa Trouve. We got your food. We got your lunch. And we got a chance for you to be a hero. And uh, whether you want to improve yourself or you want to give that Botox to somebody else, Lexi has been kind enough to hand out a free Botox session to one of our lucky listeners right now. And we've had a couple listeners come in, and they'll grab the food, and they're like, all right, I got some lunch in me. And they may even get a gift card. And they're like, well, here, grab the Brotox or enter to win. And they're like, <laughs> it, it makes them nervous for some reason. Kind of talk us through if you're a guy out there and you think Botox or you think women – what can it do for a guy? How can it help improve their life? Sure, yeah. So basically the same thing. Botox works, works the same for male and female. But, uh, I mean, once we hit, like, a raw age of 20, we start losing natural collagen that our skin would produce. And so once you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s or so, you start to get these natural deepened lines that just won't seem to go away so botox or brotox um you can put it in your forehead around your eyes and it will just smoothen out your skin so well i think scotty and i uh, no look we really do love taking care of our wives but we kind of started into this venture with spa Trevay to 
let men know that it's okay to take care of themselves too. And I know that age starts to sit on you a little bit and you start to feel a little bit more saggy in the face or you don't feel as tight as where you've normally felt and you're getting weird hair in places you didn't used to get weird hair. Mm -hmm. And and it's okay to come into a spa like Spa Trevay and take good care of yourself if you're a guy. In fact, it's it's encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's like a saying that's like you look good, you feel good, right? You play good. Yeah. So, I mean, whether that's for your wife or yourself, I mean, it's really good. Well, and the other thing, too, is you can take care of yourself. You can also go down and come down to any of these locations or go online at Spot Truve and just get a gift card and give it to your wife and say, hey, look, you know, whatever you want, it's on me. Just go crazy. And she will love you for oh, it. Oh, she'll thank you for that. Because we did it for – we were here before Valentine's Day. And and so she's kind of expecting something on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and those kind of things. But how about middle of March? Be like, hey, you know what? Here's 150 bucks, you know, or whatever. You know, just go down and, and treat yourself. Go treat yourself. And she's going to love that. Yep. Um, SpaTrevay.com, best place for you to go. You can shop and you can book. Yep, correct. SpaTrevay.com. And there are six locations, and they're great. This is the original this is the first. Orem's yep. the original. See, I've got a good Orem, memory. Utah. Yep, there you go. We are in the original, and that's why we've got the sandwiches, and we're giving you some food, so come down and grab a sandwich. But this is the original, but then they built out by Scotty and Bountiful, built out by me in Saratoga Springs, built all the way down in St. George, so we got locations in St. George to get your procedures. Beautiful, big building in Draper. Yep. Uh, that's the one that we broadcast from last time, so... There are locations all across the Wasatch Front and down into St. George, six to be total, that make it really convenient for you. Mm-hmm. com. Come in, enter to win the Brotox, but more importantly, make sure we don't take a single sandwich home with us. Like, come in, clean them out. Don't pay for food. lunch. Yeah. Don't pay for lunch. We are still packed. We've had probably 20, 25 guys come in. We're still packed with sandwiches. So come get one. It's all right here at Spa Truve, the Orem location. And it's really easy to find. All you have to do is just come down University Parkway, say hi. We'll get you squared away with the uh, free sandwiches. Spa Truve, 295 East University Parkway, right across the uh, parking lot from Best Buy and Office Depot. And uh, grab yourself some lunch. We even have the cookies available. And uh, and let's get you taken care of. Enter to win that free uh, Botox session right here on 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone.